You're listening to Scaling Up Services, where we speak with entrepreneurs, authors, business experts, and thought leaders to give you the knowledge and insights you need to scale your service-based business faster and easier. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeld. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash Thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash Thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Scaling Up Services. I'm Bruce Eckfeld. I'm your host. And our guest today is Mitchell Levy, and he is the AHA guy at AHA That. We're going to learn a little bit about, more about his business and the work that he does with entrepreneurs, with CEOs, looking to expand their reach, tell their story. And he's going to show us how we can use content to create great books and get them out into the world and make them work for us and help us grow and scale our business. So with that, Mitchell, welcome to the program. <laughs> Bruce, thanks for having me. Good to be here. Like your energy. <laughs> so why don't we start a little bit with your background and where were you before you became the aha guy? Yeah. So let me start first. I'm going to give you my seven second pitch. So you get who I am today and then we'll back up from there. Sounds good. Okay? Go for it. So Mitchell Levy, aha that. I'm a global credibility expert. I work with busy, successful professionals who recognize the need for a book, but just can't find the time. So you have to imagine this four months from now, you are a Amazon bestselling author, paperback, Kindle, PDF, hardcover book, and you've spent about five hours of time. Uh, We press the easy button. Wait, wait, five hours, five hours of time to create a book. We do the rest. So that's the, so here's what's interesting. In the past, we have, so where have I come from? Yeah. Prior to 2005, let's see. We'll get there. Don't leave. Don't forget that point because five hours is like, oh my God, that's not possible. It's very possible and we've done it hundreds of times. So the last time I worked for a company was 1997. I was at the time running the e-commerce component of Sun Microsystems Supply Chain. The dot-com came. I had to do my own thing. I was known during the dot-com days as Mr. E-commerce and created Tons of, so four executive business programs, ran for a conference, sat on the board of a public company, did consulting for a ton, did lots of fun stuff. But what was fascinating, (laughs) and I'm sure you run into this every now and then, what was fascinating is my, so at the time I was, it was $5,000 a day consulting, $7,500 keynotes, and then the dot bomb. You guys remember that in 2001, the dot bomb. My revenue went to zero. I mean, literally overnight went to zero. So at the time, I was running a small company on the side called CEO Networking. I ended up running that for a decade. Okay. And my share, two other partners, my share of CEO Networking was 40000 a year. During the dot-com days, that 40000 was so small. Every now and then, I think, God, I got to get rid of this. All of a sudden, <laughs> when my revenue went to zero, 40000 seemed like a <laughs> huge amount of money. So I did a couple – some uh, did some consulting, started uh, – I was still on the board of a public company. Mm-hmm. And then in 2005, I saw the, the eventual democratization of book publishing. Mm-hmm. So I became a book publisher. So between 2005 and 2017, we published over 800 books. Wow. And what I could say is I served the wrong audience. 
<laughs> audience that I, I know that's one of those things like so Mitchell a why did it take so yeah long? exactly uh, <laughs> I was I was holding on to my old beliefs essentially uh, I was sort of saying classic so what, what I was thinking about is because I liked writing books I wanted to do stuff yeah. myself I wanted to make it easier for people to to actually have their books and I wanted to make it as easy as possible for them to write their books so that's everything I did was to try to make it easier for somebody to write their book and at the end of 2017, if I'm going to short a long story, um, at the end of 2016, I, I ran a Kickstarter. We hit 250% Ooh. of coal. Nice. And and I at that stage, I had a process that somebody could actually write their book in eight hours or less. And so, by the way, how you do a Kickstarter that's successful is you take a product <laughs> that you typically sell in the traditional world, yeah. product or service, and you sell it at a discount. So 20 people paid us Got that it. when they wrote their book, we'd publish it. So Got let's it. fast forward to the end of 2017. I did a TED Talk. That got mm -hmm. me thinking about the world in a different way. Yeah. And I looked at the numbers. So it turns out that of the 20 people who paid us, they paid us once they wrote the book, mm -hmm. we'd publish it, two actually wrote their book. So then I went to five of those people and said, listen, how about I write it for you? You know, let, oh, just I see. So for enough the, to cover my cost. So the 18 people that didn't actually write their book. Yeah, 18 yeah. people didn't write. So so of the five people I asked, one said yes. Uh-huh. Right. So then we that's got me thinking about how do we make it easier to write books for yeah. other people. So, but here's what to think about. 17 people couldn't find eight hours in a 12-month period to do something they pay for that was beneficial for them. No, okay, so that bothered me. You're shaking your head yeah. no. So so by the way, those listening, we're, we're doing the video thing so we can actually <laughs> see each other. It makes for a much more compelling conversation. So I'm shaking my head to, no. Now, let That's me make crazy. it worse. Yeah. Let me make it worse. The people who are in the online learning space, my friends in the online learning space, and my friends in the internet marketing space, when I said only three, I, I didn't tell them about the two. I said only three people of the 20 wrote their book. They go, Mitchell, do you realize that that is a 15% utilization rate? That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so by the way, I'm not in the business to take people's money and not provide service. That just bothered me. So 2018 is I perfected the let's write the book for somebody. Okay. So I have an aha that school. I've got graduates of the school who do the writing. Mm -hmm. I've got the processes in place. And 2019 is the year of the partner. I can come back to that for years. So here's what happens. You want a book done, and this is we do press easy button. What we figured out is, A, people don't read books anymore. Yeah. So you need to be able to produce an asset that is easily consumable. Yeah. Even if it's just open to one page, it's easily consumable. Yeah. The other thing you need to do is everyone shares their content on social media. We actually have, yeah. and this is where the AHA That platform is, we have a platform called AHA That that has 800,000 users and 48,000 pieces of content that you could share for free, and I call these AHA messages. Okay. So an AHA message is something that's compelling, that gets you thinking about the world in a different way. So let me tell you an AHA message. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, let me, let me take it to the next step level. So imagine how many times you sit in a meeting where there are 30 or 40 people you're just meeting. Everyone gets 10 seconds to introduce themselves. And by the time they're done, you're like speaker, coach, trainer, Amazon bestseller. You're like, what did the first guy say again? You have no clue. So let me tell you what I do. So first, I'm going to knock on my hardcover book. Doesn't that sound like it has a lot of content in it? <laughs> so, I, so I did a TED Talk in the end of 2017. It was called Being Seen and Being Heard as a Thought Leader. I thought, well, I have to market this TED Talk. Yeah. So I made it a hardcover book. The okay. hardcover book, I interviewed, the really cool part, I interviewed four other people. So now I have content that yep. are from 
four experts that are in the book. And what I want to do is read for you aha number four. Because as soon as you see that, as soon as you hear that, you're going to go, oh, Mitchell, I understand what an aha book is. So this is aha number four from the book. And what it says is good thought leaders are at the top of the mountain. Great thought leaders are at the bottom of the mountain helping others climb up. Right? So you sit in that and you go, oh, am I a good thought leader? Am I a great thought leader? Now, let me tell you how I use this. So if I am introducing myself, remember those 40 people introducing themselves, let me tell you what I do. I'm going to hold my book up. It's a hardcover book. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, hey, Mitchell Levy, global credibility expert, TEDx speaker, international best-selling author. Now, by the way, I use those terms as well, but I'm using them as verbs, not nouns. You know what my noun is? The noun is the title of my book, and the title of the book is the CPOP, your customer point and pain you're solving. So I'm going to say international best-selling author of the book, being seen and being heard as a thought leader. And then for yeah. those that are that are not seen, if you're in the room, I'm going to do the Vanna White thing, and as I'm doing the title, my fingers are going to go down. <laughs> down the title, I like it. People are going to say, oh, I need that. That's what a book is. A book is the credibility piece that lets you be seen as an expert that solves the pain point that your prospects have. Every person inside a company who touches a client in any which shape or form should be an author of a book. So I, you know, my impression, or I think a lot of people's impression, I think it's, uh, you know, it has been mine to some extent too, is that, you know, in order to write a book or in order to write a, a, a good book or a valuable book, I need to, you know, go find a publisher and I need to do a manuscript and I need to have a pitch and I need to shop it around. Like, why is that no longer the model or the, the way in which people should be thinking about publishing and thinking about books? No, it's a great question. So first, people don't read books as is. Now, sometimes they listen to books, so Audible is doing really well. It doesn't mean books are not used. So if you hand – think about the books on your library shelf and the last 10 books you have and honestly say how many of those you actually read cover to cover. And if it's more than two or three, then you're either fooling yourself or you're you're a unique individual, right? So so what happens is you don't need to create a book where you find a publisher and hope that the book sells. Your job is how could you create a book that gives you credibility that you could now listen to this, give this, put this in the hands of the people who could actually use it. So here's what we do. The core part of what we do is a two-hour interview. And and I have to tell you, that's my superpower. And when I, when I get too busy and I can't do the interviews anymore, what we'll do is we'll create a certification program for other people to do okay. the interviews. But right now, everything about my company is automated. Everything has a process to it other than that two-hour interview is Mitchell Levy and I'm pulling your genius. Got it. And what I'm listening to when we talk, Bruce, it's it's exactly the same methodology you use when you're doing an interview, right? You don't have structured questions. You don't have a structured approach. What you're saying is, okay, how do I provide value in this case? How do I provide value for my audience? Well, you're thinking about ideas that I could bring to the table that your audience is going to say, aha, right? That's what you do. Well, guess what I do? (laughs) When I talk to the person, and we did one this morning, which was somebody who does phenomenal sales training, and she gets brought in to hire both sales leaders Uh and sales professionals at large companies. So the question is, what is the key elements? What is the point that needs to be communicated in every IE? What is the CPOP? What is the customer point of pain? Yeah. And if you spend two hours interviewing somebody on their point of pain, what comes out of those conversations are aha moments. Yeah. And those aha moments are those things that get people to think in a slightly different way. And so I gave you an aha moment before. Good thought leaders are at the top of the mountain. Great thought leaders are at the bottom of the mountain helping others climb up. Let me tell you how I'd use that in, in a room. 
let's say if I'm in front of a small audience, you know, 10, 20, 30, maybe even 50, I'm going to be handing a copy of my book to everyone in the room, not selling, handing yeah. a copy of my book. Yep. If I'm in a larger audience, I'm going to find a sponsor to pay for it. Whether yeah. it's the sponsor who's the organization having come in the door or if I'm in front of 2,500 people, I'm going to say, hey, listen, I'm in front of 2,500 people. These are the characteristics. How would you like if I do a custom version of my book and put a note from you in it? I'm like, oh, okay. So here's what happens. When I'm in front of that audience, I'm going to turn – I tell them to turn to the page where that message is I talked about. Then I'm going to actually say, hey, here's what's important. How about you write down what you did yesterday or last week or the week before to help people climb the mountain? Okay, now why don't you write down what you got planned next week? Once they do that, they're like, oh, maybe I should look at some of the other aha messages. Maybe they're as powerful as well. They are. Yeah. Guess what? You don't need anything more in a book. Yeah. Right. Because you've got that credibility. And one of the things we do is so so we'll do the interview. We'll come up with a manuscript. We'll let the author review it and make updates. We then will ask them for ideas for the cover. We'll then create a the jacket, which represents the front and back of the cover, as well as the interior. Once they review that, we then say, OK, when would you like us to publish? Because we want the author to get five five star reviews. Okay. And once they've done that, we do an Amazon campaign. Okay. So I can guarantee when we start the book that four months from today, you'll be an Amazon best-selling author on a book that satisfies the pain point that you address for your prospects. Huh. How cool is that? Yeah. Well, this whole idea of the sort of custom publishing, I mean, I think the, I mean, some of this is rethinking what book is or, or rethinking what publishing is and, you know, going from this single unchangeable thing that sits on a shelf that someone goes to a store and buys because they have some kind of need or they think they have some kind of need and they're reading, you know, lots of different books around this to being, you know, much more a tool of connecting and communicating to a very specific targeted audience, a particular value proposition or a particular message. And, and it becomes part of part of a conversation or part of a relationship building. And, and I love the idea that you could actually do a custom run. I mean, tell me, how did that come about? And how do you actually do that in terms of, you know, being able to publish? in that kind of style, that kind of way. So let's see, how do we get here? So this is where I was always trying between 2005 to 2017 just to make to make it easier for an author to use a book for success. And it was only when I realized that only three out of 20 people, when given a chance and they've paid money and they have a year, actually wrote their book. So that, that just meant between 2005 and 2017, the thousands or tens of thousands of people I talked to, I had 800 come back to me and publish their book. So all of a sudden, I realized, man, there's a whole audience I'm missing. How many people just are doing phenomenal things in life, but how cool would it be if they had a book? Like, we did the first book for LinkedIn. I'm sitting in a room with with uh, Reed Hoffman, Constantine Gerlich, and and essentially the, the same thought process there. This was before they were making money. I'm yeah. like, hey, guys, where do you think the first thing is we're going to make money on? They go, you know, this job posting thing is pretty cool. Great. Let's create a book called Happy About LinkedIn for Recruiting, and let's charge the amount of money you're going to charge for your job posting, and we'll make the job posting for free. So in essence, our company, my thought process helped them kick off books. That's what that's what books are used for. And the thing that's interesting, so for those people who, this is not your audience, but those people who make money as sales trainers, when they're looking at a book, and in the past, the book was this asset that we would teach people new philosophies, help them learn new things, help them grow. So what happens now is you give the book away, and then you encourage them to upgrade to the online course. The online uh, course is where yeah. you do what the book did before. And now, if you're a corporation, yeah. you could charge for the online course 
or you could still give away the course for free. The book is that lead magnet. It's that trigger that gets, you know, whether or not you give away books for free or you do the free plus shipping program or you give away a million copies of the ebook or you're sharing the 140 aha messages which represent a book. You're sharing those on different components of social media and we help you do that as well. So it's now rethinking, okay, now if books are something different, how do I make my book more living? Well, if it, Bruce, let's say you did a state of the business video once a year. Well, we could have in your book a link to your video. And by the way, the link is from a tiny URL. So instead of having the full blown, we put in the yeah. tiny URL. So every year you update it, we don't have to redo the book. We just now link to something else. Yeah. yeah. So when we do books for people, we're not only doing the Amazon campaign, we're helping them read their audiobook. So now they're on 23 locations where audiobooks are being sold. We help them create eight videos and we include those as links as part of the book because it's really people need to see you, feel you, kinesthetically get a feeling of what it might be to work with you. And those are things that are different. So that was a long answer. Let me just answer you the direct question. How do we get to customization? So let's say you had a book today that solved a very focused problem, right? Because that's what the books are no longer. In the old days, a publisher would want you to boil the ocean and solve world hunger. (laughs) What we want now, take a, if you're doing a Facebook ad campaign, take a category of your Facebook ad campaign. That's your book. Now, if you want to move to another category, we can actually custom create a new book. So for companies we've worked with, what we've done is we produce books at or below their tchotchke budget. Right. That's the <laughs> okay. Cool right. Yeah. So, so instead of leaving the chair drop uh, yeah. toy. Well, instead yeah. Of, yeah, it's it's like instead of the, the coffee mug or all the stuff that gets thrown out, if you had a book that essentially delivered the components that your customer needs. And you know what? You have somebody sitting in the booth who's the author of the book or the CEO or president comes in or the the, the right VP comes in um, for an hour every day of the conference to sign autographed copies of the book. Guess what happens during that time? That's the expert. That's the person people gravitate to. Hey, come back at two o'clock during the break and have our CEO sign copies of his book. We had a company that had a ASP product, a SaaS-based product, and Sorry, ASP. I don't know what that stands for or where that came from. So let's ignore that for a second. No, sorry. Uh, My brain went somewhere else. I I think it was application server pages. I think you were talking about the Microsoft Microsoft technology from way back then. So let's throw that one out. So beat uh, Bloober. So the thing that's interesting is that company has a book that works for a particular conference. When they go to the next conference, well, here's what's interesting. Uh, for a whole lot less money than we originally charged, you can change everything in the book because the book's already done, right? So you could change the cover. You can actually add somebody else to be a co-author. You could have other people become do forwards. You could change the content inside the book because if you're if you're focused on one conference, which has a very specific focus, you might want to change it slightly for another. Well, guess what? Every conference you go to, you now have a custom-made tchotchke yeah. that has significantly more power. And the guy who we did, we have a video testimonial. Typically, it's a company called Sign Now. Typically, what happens when they go to an event, they pick up clients which their a- oh, ASP, average selling price. That's where I got it, ASP. So their average selling price is 40000 a year. Well, with a book in hand, they increase the ASP from 40000 to one fifty. Wow. Right? Because guess what? If you're a SaaS-based company, you have no 
tangible thought leadership. Yeah. You only have online. So, so now there's a book because the person at the conference is probably not the decision maker. It's just the influencer. Yeah. yeah. So now the influencer goes They've back to the decision with maker a book. with yeah. a tangible book in hand. Say, by the way, this is why we need to go with this product. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us more about the interview process, because I think that is, for, for me, that's kind of the, the secret sauce or, or the way that you make this whole thing work. When you interview folks, how is it different than just, uh, oh, okay, so what's your name and what is your company and what does your company do and who's your customer? Like, uh, what, is the, what is the thing that you do that makes this, makes this work, that gets this a book's worth of information out of someone in two hours? Well, here's, just so you know, as an aside, you will be somebody I mark in my database as somebody who could conduct interviews. Okay. Right. Because the reason why you don't have a set, there are people who just have to ask a set amount of, of questions. Well, that's not the way to do an interview where you're pouring content. So let's, let's be clear in a five minute conversation, we're going back and forth. We produce five aha messages that by itself is an aha message. So in a five minute interactive conversation will produce five aha messages, right? Like, oh, well, there's one that only took 10 seconds. Yeah. So if you're asking the right questions, you'll make that happen. Now, here's what's fascinating. Human beings process the world in one of three ways. They're either visual, kinesthetic, or oral. So the one thing I learned is if I have an oral personality that I'm talking with, it's a three-hour conversation, not a two. <laughs> because oral people want to tell stories. Yeah. So in a five-minute story, I may pull one aha message yeah. versus five in a five-minute conversation. If you now go back and look at most of the interviews you've done, a half-hour conversation produces somewhere between 30 to 50 aha messages. And what, what we're talking about, as long as you stay focused on what the person solves as a pain point to their clients, what they're doing is they're, they're telling you things that just are like, oh, that's pretty cool. And we don't necessarily take the quote that's mentioned exactly as is, because an aha message, Bruce, is simply, what could you say in such a way where the person who's receiving it, the person who's either reading it, hearing yeah. it, seeing it, that that person says, aha, I never thought of that, or I could do something different, or let me take action, or let me, that's what an aha message, so it's not just a quote, it's a message that communicates to somebody else, I need to take action, or this makes sense to me. Yeah. And so, so as you're interviewing people, you'll probably never do an interview again, because now when you're talking <laughs> to people, you're going to be saying to yourself, oh, man, that was- That was like, an aha. By the way, remember- <laughs> Remember, sometimes there are some people who are just so public speakers are really good at giving of dropping sound bites, yeah. dropping aha. So imagine when you talk to somebody that in five minutes they drop ten or fifteen aha messages, like your brain starts exploding. Like <laughs> occasionally we have some of those, but generally speaking, anyone in the world, yeah. if you talk to them about their core expertise and you talk to them about something they're passionate about, i.e., solving the problems for their client base. What's really fascinating is how brilliant many people are. Yeah. Most people are. You yeah. just need to pull it out of them. Yeah. Well, and I like that idea of you're, as, a, as the interviewer, you're kind of thinking on behalf of their prospect. And you're trying to, you're trying to figure out what, what would my prospect ask or, or how would I phrase what you just said for my prospect to better understand? I think there is, I think there's a really valuable kind of translation process that, that you do through that by taking kind of what, what the expert is saying and saying, okay, well, this is going to land, this is going to land it for the people that you're trying to talk to if we say it this way. You know, it's kind of this interpretation side of it. And, and by the way, just so you know, that's why you would make for a good interviewer. 
right? And in, in I mean, you are a good interviewer, just interactively back and forth for your show. But that's why you would make for a good aha uh-huh interviewer, because just this morning, the person I was talking with was oral. So it was a three hour conversation. Yeah. And what's interesting is when I would ask a question, I'd get an oral response back. And then I'd say, okay, let's assume I was kinesthetic. How would you make, how would this make me feel? Does this make me feel this way? And then I'd get a different response. Oh, for the visual people, how do you think this, <laughs> how yeah. does this look? for a visual person, right? So so what you're doing is you're just echoing what is the value of this thing called a interview? What does it actually produce? And what you're ultimately doing, whether it's you or me, we're trying to serve up content. So what you're doing is you're serving up content for your audience. Yeah. When I'm doing an interview, I'm serving up content for my ghostwriters to make their life easy to come up with a manuscript of 140 bite-sized quilts and seven blog posts. Because yeah. the the easier I could make it for them, the better chance we do something where the author sees their book and goes, oh my God, this is amazing. Because yeah. that's Obviously, that's always our goal is for them to go, oh, my God, this is amazing. Yeah. So you talked about the book, but you also talked about the the blog posts, the social media. Like, I guess, how does this system of things work together to actually drive results for your client? The best thing I could say is we do all this stuff that probably the best way to say it would be we are giving you electricity and the electrical outlets. Okay. Right. So we're giving you all the infrastructure stuff. So you're an Amazon. Let me just, I'll echo all the stuff that I do. And let me tell you, then then I'll say, well, it's not worth anything unless you do something with it. Okay. okay go for it. So four months from now, you'll be an Amazon bestselling author. You'll have a hundred paperback, 25 hardcover. Hardcover, by the way, is super cool. You'll have a PDF. Now, typically people use PDF for lead gen. Yeah. So you know, get the book for free. Yeah. You'll have a Kindle. We use the Amazon bestseller campaign. We use the Kindle for, and that's what we do in four months. And we also have a book on the AHA That Platform. So AHA That Platform is where you get to share your book socially. We will help you then read your book. So you'll have an audio book. That won't happen in four months. That happens a little bit after. Yeah. We'll create seven videos for you. Okay. So these are videos that that will help you talk about each of the sections of your book. Uh, we'll do a blog post. We'll do a press release. So those are all cool things. And for the price, it's crazy, amazingly inexpensive. Now, if all you did is stop right there and didn't tell anyone else. Like you just took all that stuff and didn't tell anyone else. It is almost the same as a tree falling in a forest and no one around. (laughs) Yes. Right? So we're giving you everything possible. We're giving you the credibility. It's sort of like getting a PhD, but not putting doctor in front of your name or not putting it on your LinkedIn profile. Right? Uh, if you don't tell uh, anyone about it, it's just not going to happen. If you don't don't apply for the jobs that require a PhD, right? So, So the thing is, this is the 2019 is the year of the partner for me. What I'm doing work on today is who do I play with that will be the right appliance to plug into the electrical outlet? Yeah. So is it a speaker coach? I've got five PR agencies. It's uh, I've got a biz dev person who's going to guarantee clients as part of that. So what I'm trying to figure out is the, and I'm close, what is the go-to market strategy? So for me, I do thought leadership. I have, I allow, in addition to all the books we do, I allow up to three clients a year. I've got one at the moment. And then I can't do more than that where I'm actually doing one-on-one coaching. Yeah. Well, okay. guess what? You get the Amazon bestselling book and you get coached for your, from, from Mitchell Levy, right? So, so I'm grabbing all these appliances, basically people who do super cool stuff. There's a firm, this is relevant for your audience. There's a firm that does a 10 city tour. So for 10K, okay. if you wanted to do, oh, go on a 10-city yeah. tour, 
They'll book the room. They'll make sure there's 20 people in the room. Uh, what you need to do is hire or bring a photographer with you. And now you've got, for 10K, you've got a social proof tour yeah. because you're in 10 cities with people in each room. You take all these pictures. You post on social media. So you couple that with an Amazon best-selling book. Uh, we're at 12.5. So now at 22.5, you're an yeah. Amazon best-selling author and a 10-city tour. Right. You then couple that with a PR agency. So we have a ton of different PR people that in three, six, 12 months will promise X amount of media hits. So my guess would be for less than you're paying the person full time to do a aspect of your marketing. Yeah. You could actually get more press release and press coverage. Uh, you could do some TV and radio stuff, yeah. have an Amazon best-selling book and a 10-city tour. So that's where I'm heading is what are all the appliances you could plug together to actually achieve some of the results that you need. But the fundamental component is this piece called the electricity and power, i.e. that book that's, yeah. that shows you're an expert of what you do. Yeah. But then, and and by the way, this is my first time talking about this. <laughs> so you're doing really well. <laughs> thought, I wanted to test drive to see how it felt yeah. and how your reaction was. So the more important part is who wants to be the appliance, Yeah. right? And then by the way, what's really cool, when people come to me and they already have their book, well, then I just need the appliances to plug together. And that's what, what I think is missing in the world today is the old way we used to do business. We used to shake hands, right? Yeah. So, so imagine small town, there's a butcher. You, you know, on Wednesday, you've got guests coming over on Friday. Wednesday, you stop by the butcher and you say, hey, I'm feeding 10 people or 15 people on Friday. Could you have the right steak delivered to us? Yeah. That's all you say. Yeah. You know, you don't talk about price. Yeah. You don't talk about, you just, oh, uh, my cook's going to start doing that at four. Right. You don't talk about anything other than, you know, with 100 percent certainty that the right quality steak is going to get to your location at four. So your cook can do their thing. There's no question. Like, because if 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 the butcher didn't yeah. do that, yeah, they wouldn't be the butcher anymore. Right? Yeah, yeah. They, and so that's where that's what I want to live in. I like the I like speaker it. coach I'm working with. She's 10K. She promises that if after taking her program, if you don't make between 150 to 200,000 as a speaker, she'll book you to make that. Right. Uh, so I, like I want to have brand so promise, that, brand promise guarantee. I like it. The, the better way to think about it is here's what we're going to do. Here's the price point. Here's the KPI. Yeah. The key performance. And here's what's going to happen if we don't make it. Yeah. So the yeah. biz dev person. Teeth. Is And I don't know what the price point is yet, so we're still working on this. Yep. But the biz dev person, you will – so you're going to go to school for a year, okay? The first four months, we'll give you, we'll, we will graduate with a best-selling book and one client. And then you've got on-the-job training for the next eight months where she's going to bring you some set of clients, and that will cost some dollar amount. That's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because yeah. you know what you're paying. Yeah, pay for and performance. You're graduating like with it. a diploma and getting clients. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's what we, we it's the world I want to live in. So I'm going to, with a bunch of partners, we're going to create that. I like it. Yeah. I think there was a good rule of thumb around uh, a lot of these things is any service, anything that you do with a client should be generating somewhere between five and 10 times return. Right. So if you, if you factor in kind of profitability and things like that, that if someone's going to pay $10,000 for something, it should be generating somewhere between 50 and $100,000 for them, you know, in some, that's in a some nice way. rule of thumb. Yeah. I like it. Aha. Uh -huh. 
That's an aha. Aha. <laughs> you said that. Damn. Nicely um, done. <laughs> can I see this applying to lots of different situations and people that are trying to grow and scale their business? What is there anyone that this does not work well for? Can you think of like, a, or have you come across situations, either kind of industries or type of people or types of businesses that just don't need or don't benefit from this kind of approach to thought I leadership? So, and- I so love your set of questions. So, At the end of the day, it depends who the audience is you're serving. And if the audience you're serving can't process things as a series of, let's say, 140 aha messages. So examples of audiences that don't work, if you're selling to engineers, engineers want white papers, engineers want dense stuff. Now, having a white paper and dense stuff along with an aha book can't hurt. But if you're only going to do one, you you can't do do the aha concept. Academia, uh, and this is unfortunate because we are we're in the midst of the most massive transformation humankind has ever gone through. Where we're in the midst of the transformation from the industrial age to the social age, and between 1920 and 2019, that hundred year period, we've only made it 50 percent of the way there. For those who are holding on to their chairs, <laughs> guess what? <laughs> we're going to make it the other the other 50 percent in the next decade or two. Yeah. Everything you know about the world is going to change in the next 10 to 20 years period, right? Yeah. So, and academia is one of them. And so, unfortunately, today, AHA books don't work well in academia because that's not how they work today. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that I'm right and they're wrong. I could just say that they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> because think about anyone who graduates from college today. Are they prepared to actually do the job? And in most cases, the answer is no. So, so what happens is we need to train our younger generation just to be to come into a, to yeah. an environment and do new things. And it doesn't mean they don't learn stuff. It's just not they're not always taught the right stuff. And, yeah. And so, yeah. No, those are good. Anyhow. So I think uh, school teachers, engineers, I don't know. We're actually in the midst of doing stuff for financial and medical right now. So yeah. I would have said before then, no, but Maybe. they want the simplicity. Maybe. Uh, uh, we're doing stuff for uh, startup companies. We do stuff for uh, mid-tier to large-scale companies. So I, the only downside for me is the world is my oyster. So I am targeting different verticals. By playing with partners who recognize that, hey, I want some electricity too. Yeah. I wanna I wanna juice up the service yeah. offerings I'm yeah. giving. And Mitchell, I love your promise of four months. Yeah, let's play together. And yeah. and so that's like what it. helps me get into a broader market than than my company is today. Cause when I play with partners, we could we basically are solving the verticals that they're going into. That's great. So Mitchell, if people want to find out more about you, about the aha offerings and the strategy and how to, you know, how to actually write a book in four months. Um, yeah. how, do, how do they get more information? Where do they go? So, you know, let me throw you two URLs and I'll give you the, the be all end all. You can go to ahathat.com platforms, free to use, free to share. There's 48,000 pieces of content. You want to listen to aha messages. You can go to ahathatradio.com. We play aha messages 24 hours a day, but here's what I'll say in terms of reaching out to me. It's my name. It's Mitchell Levy, 360.com. So M I T C H E L L last name, L E V Y. 360.com. What happens is you'll be able to see the social media sites I play on. Connect to me where you want to connect. If you want to schedule time to connect to me, you could schedule a chat to talk. Um, and that's MitchellLevy360.com. Great. I'll make sure that the link is in the show notes. Mitchell, this has been a pleasure. I'm, I'm excited uh, about the message you've got out there and uh, the work that you're doing. And, and I encourage everyone to, to go check it out. Bruce, thank you. Really appreciate the interview. I appreciate getting to know you better. 
You've been listening to Scaling Up Services with business coach Bruce Eckfeldt. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at scalingupservices.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at scalingupservices.com slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.